you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. What's up, what's up, what's up? How are we doing? How are we doing? And welcome to episode number 112, the Peaches and Cream episode, episode 112 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I'm your host, favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter podcast and as you know i'm part of the big night media team with some fantastic podcasts and some other cool little things you can check out the podcast like the marky p show eat the damn cake those girls you know drinks after work burnt toast and the let's get rich podcast you can also check out the smile it's kyle vlog and of course big night breaks if you're into sports cards go over to bignightbreaks.com buy some group breaks some personals and some big news coming on the way from big night breaks so check all that out at bignightbreaks.com bignight.com and go to bignightshop.com to get all your banner banter podcast merchandise we got some new merchandise on the way for the podcast thanks to the cool new vibe that alex and joe from the big mind creative team have set up for me which is really cool i'm very thankful for for what they've done for me and all that stuff over the last few weeks and thanks for voting on instagram on what you wanted the new cover artwork to be i was part of a photo shoot never felt more uncomfortable in my life but i think i might have been more uncomfortable now after that Pelicans loss than I was doing that photo shoot because the Celtics just blew a 24 24 point lead and lost to the New Orleans Pelicans but before we I'm going to try and throw some positivity in this podcast as soon as possible so let's go over the results and the standings for the week before we throw some positivity into the mix the Celtics beat the Denver Nuggets 112 to 99 a very good win I don't care if like three out of the top eight players from the Nuggets were out. That's a good win. Then they lost to the Hawks on the second night of a back-to-back without Kemba, 122-114. to 114. Then they beat the Hawks, 121-109 to 109 with Kemba. They just lost to the Pelicans with Kemba, 120-115. to 115. They're currently 15-15 on the year. They're a half game out of the four seed against the Indiana Pacers, who they are playing this upcoming Friday. And the scary part is they're also only one and a half games up on the eighth seed. Doesn't that freak you out a little bit? It does. So that's why I was preaching that these last 10 games before the break is going to be very important for the Boston Celtics because Adrian Wojnarowski, Woj, whatever you want to call it, uh, tweeted out, reported, whatever the case may be, that Marcus Smart is not coming back until after the All-Star break. We all knew that that calf injury was much more serious than a two- to three-week thing, so he's not coming back. So that's why I was I was preaching, I think, in episode 111, that these next 10 games could make or break, whether it's stuff with Brad Stevens, whether it's how Danny Ainge deals with the team going forward. Is Danny Ainge going to make all these moves? I mean, Danny Ainge was on Toucher and Rich on 98.5 The Sports Hub talking about, hey, this team's not good right now. So if Danny Ainge doesn't think this team's good right now, and Brad Stevens earlier in the year when the team was 8-3 and three, saying, yeah, we're 8-3, and three, but the record really doesn't mean that much because we're not that great of a team, are, are they going to make the moves? 
So it's going to be very curious how these games go, and that's why I think these four games coming up this week, and then next week they play the Clippers and the, the Raptors to kind of close it out. It's kind of an important stretch here for the Celtics, and I'm, I've been wanting them to go 7-3 and three in this stretch. And right now they're two. Uh, I'm sorry, they're three and two. So, <laughs> n- um, no, they played four games this week. So yeah, they're actually two and two. So not great, Bob. So let's recap the Nuggets game. But before we do that, let's throw Jalen Brown at dance party because there were some positive about everything that happened last week. I was so mad last week after the Wizards game. I'm very angry about this Pelicans game. I'm not surprised the Celtics can never hold the lead. And you want to blame. Brad Stevens, fine. You want to blame the players, fine. You want to blame everyone as a whole, fine. But why don't we get the music? Yep, you can feel the music going. We're, we're going to have ourselves a little Jalen Brown dance party. I'm going to play the music for as many assists that he, as he had this week. So in the Nuggets game, he had five assists. In the Hawks game, the first Hawks game, he had seven. The second one, he had six. And then today versus the Pelicans, he had nine. So very I, well done by Jalen Brown, 27 Seconds or so of Jalen Brown dance party. Uh, uh, uh. Jalen Brown's improved with the assist. But the negative part is, as we shut down the music here, the negative part is Jalen Brown shooting is not doing that great. 30% tonight, 50% against the Hawks, 30% against the Hawks, and then 55% against the Nuggets. Jalen Brown cannot be this up and down for this basketball team. He's a superstar. He's got to be more consistent every single night. Now, Before that, 52%, 52%, 60%, 40%, 40%, 60%, 42%. It's all there for him. But Jalen Brown has to be better. But the Nuggets game. Let's recap it, shall we? I I, I think it will be enjoyable. Tice was out with the right sprain index finger. Like I mentioned, the Nuggets were missing, I think, three starters or three out of their top eight players. The offense was going to look right. You you figure after that Wizards game, you're going to feel good. Nope. Nothing. Blah awful a lot of standing around but they started playing with effort and they started playing with some defense they started to care and they went on a 16 to 5 run i'm telling you folks when this team cares they're really good it's just they only care for like a short period of time we can almost call them like the adhd ticks instead of the boston celtics we can call them the adhd ticks like because I, i i don't get it the first six minutes of this game the celtics scored five points the next six minutes of this game, the Celtics scored 25 points. So talk about ADHD. I mean, holy guacamole, that's the definition of it. And ball movement, ball movement, ball movement. You look at the first six minutes of this game, there was no ball movement. You look at the next six minutes of the game, there was a shitload of ball movement. 25 points later. Absolutely unbelievable. Aaron Neesmith got it. He's getting some times. He hit a shot. He made some good decisions. But the issue was is the Nuggets were still somehow in this game because of the Joker. Nikola Jokic was unbelievable. He's so good at shooting. He's so good at passing. He's so good at rebounding. You name it. He was literally responsible. There's a stat called points responsible for PFR in basketball. And he was responsible for 26 out of the first 33 Nuggets points, whether that's scoring the ball or getting an assist. Not a hockey assist, but an actual assist. Absolutely unbelievable. But the defense did a good job So around everyone else named not named Jokic because no one else could get a shot up. That's why there was only seven points on the board outside of Jokic when they first scored, you know, their first 30-plus points of the game. But classics, Celtics third quarter, they sucked. They had six turnovers in the first six minutes. Luckily, Michael Porter Jr. was the best player for the Celtics of this game. He was selfish. He had terrible shot selection. He couldn't hit anything. Celtics extended their lead. They closed up the quarter on a 6-0 run. They got back, and that's how you play. They got back on defense, and you love to see that. Now, too bad they couldn't do that against Pelicans tonight, but 
The fourth quarter starts. Celtics are up 11. No Jokic for the Nuggets. And they only lost two points. So that's a good thing. Like, I, I again, they add some positivity here. Time Lord had a very good game. He stuffed the stat sheet. But still, the Time Lord, as well as he played this week, it was really close on him being my stud of the week. But I don't think he's going to get it. Or maybe you're just going to have to stay tuned. But he did a really good job. But he's just got to stay on his feet. Oh, my God. I'm telling you, if someone literally flicked air into the, like, flicked a finger in the air, he would jump to the moon and try and block whatever you flicked out of your finger. It's absolutely unbelievable. I don't get it. Now, Jason Tatum's shot selection in this game wasn't too great. Too many difficult contested shots from my liking. But the one play in the post where he just laid it in, no dribbling, no bullshit, he caught it, he spun, he laid it up and in, that's the type of shit we need to see from Tatum because I feel like a lot of teams know that Tatum likes to dribble, 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 sidestep, dribble, 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 attack, step back, all those type of things. So to see Tatum catch it and spin, that was a nice thing to see in that fourth quarter for sure. Celtics win that game 112-99. to Good things happen. So I'm feeling good. So now we're going to talk about this little two-game mini-series against the Raptors. Point Tatum started out in this mini-series because Kemba isn't going to play in the second night of a back-to-back, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit more when I preview the upcoming week because the Celtics do have another back-to-back this week. And I don't want Kemba to play against the Maps. I want him to play against the Hawks again because I think if Trey Young has to guard Kemba Walker, that is a good thing for the Boston Celtics because that wears Trey Young out, and Trey Young doesn't like to play defense. But anyways, we'll continue. So, Point Tatum starts. Javante joins the bunch in the starting lineup. John Collins played like he was trying out for the Celtics. He's so good and physical and very talented. He can run the floor. He can rebound. He can do everything that the Celtics want right now. His jumper is not there yet. It's okay. It's obviously better than the Time Lords. But for the most part, it's good. The bench scored well in Game 1, especially Peyton Pritchard, who is, I feel like he's finally back to normal post-injury, and I was very impressed with uh, Aaron, Neesmith's, uh, Aaron Neesmith's defense. He, uh, I also love the way that Neesmith gets back on defense. If he turns the ball over or if there's a long outlet pass, Aaron Neesmith this past week has just sprinted to the end of the floor every single time and has gotten blocks, and it's been absolutely fantastic. But the bad part is, the Atlanta Hawks went on a 14-4 run. The bad Celtics defense came back. Again, ADHD. The Celtics offense was fine, but their defense just couldn't get a stop in that third quarter. The Hawks were shooting 73% from two in the first two and a half quarters of this basketball game. Jalen shot selection wasn't that great. He only shot 30% from this game. I mentioned that earlier. He started off 2-11. Grant Williams, who's been getting a lot of DNPs lately. I miss you, Brandon Clark. I wish you were on this team. Well, I, I guess I can't really miss him. I just I wanted him, and I could never get him. <sighs> Boy, can you imagine Brandon Clark on this team? That'd be great. It really would. But Grant Williams switching for no reason cost this team. There were multiple times where Grant Williams would see a mismatch and then just pretend like he was some vocal veteran and then just run across the end of the, on the other side of the court tell someone else to switch, and then what are you supposed to do if someone's yelling at you? You're going to go, okay, I'm going to switch, and it led to wide-open shots. Celtics were also in the bonus in the final seven minutes of the third quarter. The Celtics were. So that means every single time they get fouled, they can go to the free-throw line, and guess what? They took no free-throws for six minutes. Now, is that on Brad Stevens? Probably. Attack the rim. Now, did he tell his players that? Sure. Should the players have been more self-aware? Sure. But Brad should have probably set up some more offensive sets for this basketball team to go to the rim. 1,000%. Now, in the third quarter, Celtics did come out flying. 
I'm uh, I'm sorry, not in the third quarter. In the second game, uh, the Celtics came out flying. They they really did. I mean, they lost that game one twenty two to one fourteen. They tried so hard, got so far. In the end, it didn't even matter. Grant Williams sucked in that game. Jalen didn't shoot the ball well that game. They didn't have Kemba. Trey Young, I think, went off for forty or pretty close to forty, which means the Celtics allowed back to back All Stars score like thirty five plus points on them between Jokic and Trey Young. So that was very frustrating. But the second game, the Celtics came out flying with their double big lineup. With Tice being out, it makes sense because now Tice can cover John Collins and you can have Tristan Thompson defend Clint Capella. Now, in the first game, uh, which was on Wednesday night, Tristan Thompson played very well against Clint Capella, I thought. In the second game, not so much. (laughs) Clint Capella dominated Tristan Thompson. But the positive about it is, is, and I thought this was a great adjustment from Brad Stevens, the Celtics got owned in points in the paint in the first game. This game, the Celtics owned the Hawks' points in the paint, and that is something that they're going to have to continue this upcoming Wednesday when they play the Hawks again. This is a very winnable week for the Celtics where they can go on a little bit of a run after a very frustrating loss. So it's going to really going to be all about how they respond and how Brad Stevens prepares this team. Now, do you want to say Brad Stevens' job's on the line this week? I don't know. That seems a little bit harsh, but I know there are probably some rumblings going around in the NBA going, oh, Brad Stevens might be available. And I don't think that he should, but who am I? I've been a Brad guy from day one. I'm going to stand on that hill. I'm gonna, I'll die on that hill. Sometimes I think it's the players, but here we are. But anyways, game two of this Hawks game, the Celtics came out flying. I love the double big lineup. For once, I felt like it was actually working. The Time Lord, once again, was everywhere, flying around, wanting to block every shot. And a, I, I feel like a big piece of this game that a lot of people might have missed was Early in this game, I think it was midway through the second quarter, Time Lord was going to pick up his fourth foul, but Daniel Tice put up his hand. I don't know if you guys see NBA players do that. They're like, no, 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 that foul was on me. It wasn't wasn't on this guy. And because of that, they actually called the foul on Tice. And because of that, Time Lord only had three. And then right after that, the Time Lord dropped six points in that quarter, including a nice, insane catch with the left hand for an alley-oop. It was absolutely insane. I don't know how he caught it. I don't know how he laid it in, but it was absolutely fantastic. One thing that I... Oops, excuse me. Average burp per episode. Come on. One thing that I was a little disappointed in uh, was one possession with Aaron Neesmith and Peyton Pritchard. Both of them were afraid to shoot the ball. Both of them were wide open. Both of them passed it up, and they shouldn't have, and that was very frustrating to see. I didn't like that in any way, shape, or form. Kemba, on the other hand, when this game kind of got a little close a little bit, Kemba went on a 9-0 run. And after that 9-0 run, things started going, getting really good for the Celtics. They extended the lead to 27 points. He's getting better. Hmm, who would have thought? Now, did he suck today? Absolutely, no doubt about it. Now, Jalen halfway through the third hit three threes in a row, which was good because he wasn't getting any looks at all. So the fact that Jalen can get looks, or I'm sorry, not get looks, and then start hitting threes from multiple areas of the court is great. But he couldn't do that in this Pelicans game because he was 7 of 23. 7 of 23 tonight. 30% from the field. And I know I'm going all over the place, and I'm really sorry, but my my mind's going all over the place. I guess you could call me the ADHD podcaster here. But uh, they let him get back into the game, this Hawks game, per usual, lack of effort. Defense just fell apart. And I don't know, this is the thing with the Pelicans game. We're going to talk about the Pelicans game in a second. But the whole thing is, is like, the Celtics giving up big leads. Whose fault is it? That's what I want to know. Whose fault is it? Is it Brad Stevens for not being undis- you know, for not making his players disciplined enough? If you want to talk about the Pelicans game, guess what? The Pelicans game, 
the Celtics only had 11 turnovers. 11 turnovers the entire game. So if you ask me, that team is pretty well disciplined. <laughs> if a team only has 11 turnovers. And then you look at, you know, the other game where they won against the Hawks, where they almost gave up the big lead, where they won 121-109, they had like 17 or 18 turnovers. So if the Celtics play more undis- like more undisciplined, then they're better. Like, the Celtics had 11 turnovers against the third worst defensive rating team in the NBA and lost. And then they play the Atlanta Hawks, who are middle of the road on defense, 18 turnovers, and they win. How does that happen? I don't get it. And the other thing that was very annoying is the Hawks did this little comeback without Trey Young in the game. So to me, that's effort. I And Brad Stevens, sure. He needs to make better adjustments in-game. He's not a championship-level coach yet. I have no problem admitting that in any way, shape, or form. Have the players, you know, just zoned them out, don't listen to them, sure. But, like, at what point, if you're a player, do you actually just say, screw the coach, I'm going to start playing for myself? That's that's the thing that I don't get. Like, if the if if you're one of those people that's like, fire Brad Stevens right now, okay, fine. I don't agree with that, but... My whole thing is, is like, even if Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, whoever doesn't like Brad Stevens, why are you affecting your career in your season? Because you don't like the coach. That's the part I don't get. And that's the part I don't like about this team. Now, you want to say, oh, well, they're not showing any character because they don't have Marcus Smart. Okay, fine. Sure. Whatever. But like, if Brad Stevens says, move the ball. Pass the ball around. We're a better basketball team when we pass the ball around. Like, for example, 26 assists against the Hawks when they win. But then you don't pass the ball and you lose? That's bad. Like, the Celtics literally only had five assists in the first, like, eight or in the first 18 minutes of the second half of this Pelicans game today. So, like, whose fault is that? Is that Brad's? I, I just don't see Brad Stevens going, hey, stop passing the ball around. I just don't see that. So, sh- like, are there times where Brad Stevens probably should put in guys, you know, other guys in? Sure. Absolutely. 1,000%. His rotations are bizarre. But I don't know. I don't get it. It's very weird to me. I, it, it's tough to say it's all Brad and then it's tough to say it's all players, but I feel like it's also too easy to say it's 50-50. So, like, I don't know. It's very weird. Like, I get how vocal and important and the energy that Marcus Smart brings to the floor. I, I get it. I really do. But you're telling me him not being around this team is going to make them lose in a 24-point game? Like, they were up 24 with six minutes to go in the third quarter. And I understand in the NBA, that's a lot of time left. I really do. But in this Pelicans game, if you come out terrible and then end the game terrible, I I mean, is it on the coach? Is it on you? I don't get it. To start off games, I might say it's the coach. But then if the coach makes the proper adjustments and then the players suck at the end, I mean, then it's the player's fault. So I don't get it. I feel like I'm rambling. And I told myself I wasn't going to ramble. So 
The Celtics come out in this Pelicans game, down nine. Brad calls a timeout. They make good adjustments. Thankfully, Jalen and Kemba in the first quarter remembered that the Pelicans' defense sucks. So they attacked, got the ball moving, and took the lead back. Kemba didn't play well tonight. I have no problem admitting that. Like, real bad. Like, he didn't take a step back. Like, I, not, not like a step back jumper. Some would say he took a step back from the good week that he's had. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, like, he did some other things on the floor that may not be picked up in the stat, you know, in, in the box score. Like, he picked up a lot of charges, his vocal leadership when, you know, things go wrong, you know, all those things. The big smile that he brings to the court and all that stuff. But, like, maybe him and Jalen Brown got hot, too hot too early because Jalen Brown and Kemba Walker combined 4 of 22 from 3. 4 of 22 from 3. I'm going to say that again. Jalen Brown and Kemba Walker combined for four made three-pointers off of 22 three-point attempts. That's terrible. But the good thing was, at first, the Celtics did a good job defending the paint with Zion Williamson in it. They closed up on him very well, whether it was Time Lord, Thompson, Tice, whatever the case may be. And then Stan Van Gundy made a good coaching change, so props to Stan Van Gundy, and he had Zion bring up the ball. That way Zion could come off of screens and go downhill, and then good luck defending him that way because he's impossible. He's one of the most athletic guys in the league. And then Lonzo Ball and Josh Hart, they were fantastic in the second half. And it wasn't their offense. Like, yes, I understand Josh Hart played very well offensively, and so did Lonzo Ball. But it was the fact that they were pressuring the ball. They trapped Tatum every single time he looked for a screen. So that's another good job by Stan Van Gundy. Do we want Stan Van Gundy to be our coach now, folks, instead of Brad Stevens? Stop it. Stop it. Now, Lonzo, now a lot of people are like, Danny's got to trade for Lonzo Ball. Danny's got to trade for whoever it is. It's better than Teague. It's better than Pritchard. Lonzo Ball's shooting has improved. But, folks, he's going to be pricey. So right now he makes like $14 million a year. Next year he's going to make 18 which means you're going to have to get rid of Marcus Smart's contract or Kemba Walker's contract. And I know everyone's like, fine, get rid of Kemba right now. Okay, fine. But he's also a restricted free agent. So that's a positive where the Celtics could match. But as long as Tatum's on the max deal, Jalen's on a max deal, and, Kemba's, and uh, Marcus or Kemba are still on this team, you're not going to be able to match the Lonzo Ball thing. So is giving up... A couple first-round picks for one and a half seasons, Alonzo Ball worth it? To me, no. Is he a good player? Yes. Has he improved? Yes. So if he had two and a half years on this team where he could ride it ride it out with Jalen and JT a bit, sure, all four. But one and a half seasons to give up all that, I don't know if it's worth it. But Danny might say, screw it, it is. But to me, the better option is Josh Hart. Josh Hart is a little bit older. Uh, I know he's not that experienced, but he's also super cheap. He can shoot the ball better than Lonzo, and he can defend very well. Obviously better than Jeff Teague, better than Peyton Pritchard, better than really anything that you have off the bench right now. The other thing is is he has a qualifying offer next year for $5 million. I would rather trade that for $5 million than 18 and losing Kemba and Marcus. Like, you, you can keep Josh Hart. Because the other thing people have to realize is after this season, Marcus Smart only has one year left. That's it. One year left. And if you think that he... Now, will he take a hometown discount? I don't know. I don't think he will. He might. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say that he probably won't because it's probably his last big contract. Because once you hit that 26 to 27 age, that's usually the last time you hit your, your big-time contract in the NBA. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with you know with the trades and all that. But if you ask me what would be a better situation for the Celtics salary cap-wise and down the road, it's Josh Hart over Alonzo Ball in my opinion. 
But this 24-point lead and how sloppy the Celtics got, they couldn't hit shots, the Pelicans were running, the Celtics weren't being physical anymore. I mean, thank God Steven Adams didn't play in this game. Oh my God, this game would have been over before even tip-off with how physical, you know, Steven, Steven Adams is now. The Celtics did a very good job on the boards, and that obviously showed without Steven Adams being there. But they just couldn't hit shots. Brad just didn't make the right adjustments in this game. And, the, you know, and the, list, and the list goes on and on. Obviously, that play that he had at the end of the game with Jason Tatum to get that floater was a good shot. Jalen Brown, you know, getting uh, fouled late in the overtime for that three-pointer. It's just awful. The, the Celtics did so many things well in the second quarter. They were moving the ball. They were defending. They just did everything right, and then they just stopped. And that's where I just don't think it's Brad's fault. Like, how do you keep playing well and then just stop? Now, could it be the adjustments? Sure. But, like, Stan Van Gundy telling Zion Williamson to bring up the ball shouldn't rock anyone's world. And J- Jason Tatum getting trapped. Jason Tatum's been getting trapped for the last two years. That shouldn't change anyone's world. Now, should there be maybe some more offensive options when that happens? Who knows? I mean, Brad did run a nice ATO knowing that uh, Jason Tatum was going to get trapped. Got it over to Daniel Tice. And Daniel Tice lobbed it up to the Time Lord who went to go fake a screen and then just rolled around and it was a wide open alley-oop very late in that fourth quarter, which was a great job. So I don't know what to do. Time Lord played well, Neesmith played well, Tristan Thompson I thought played very, very well in this game. I didn't like how he was in at the end of the game against Zion, that's why Zion got that and one with about 10 seconds left. That part I didn't like in any way, shape, or form. I'd rather have Time Lord or Tice out there, I thought they did a fine job. I don't think Tristan Thompson should be out there defensively at the end of the game. That's just me, but yeah. Not not the best way to end what I thought was a reasonable week for the Celtics. Not the best of weeks. But now, it's time for Sud Dud of the Week. And I got a rant for you that you're probably going to laugh at. Probably think that I'm an absolute psychopath. And I'm looking forward to it. So, hit the music. And now, it is time for the Celtics Stud. And the Celtics Dud. Of the week. Okay, so you're studding dead of the week. This may not be something that you agree with, but my stud of the week is Kemba Walker. Yes, Kemba Walker sucked versus the Pelicans, but... To throw some stuff at you, I know the plus-minus thing in the NBA is one of the dumbest stats in the world, but Kemba Walker was a team-high plus six in this Pelicans game, so (laughs) take that home and chew it. But let's talk about the last three games for Kemba Walker. 27 points, 17 points, 28 points, shooting above 40% from three. He looks explosive again. He's attacking the rim. He He can stop on the dime now. Now, he didn't shoot the ball that well. He hasn't been shooting the ball that great. The Celtics since Kemba's back have been six are currently six and nine since he he's been back. Something like that. Seven and nine, I think. No, they're six and nine since he's back. Month of February, they're five and four. So Kemba getting better was going to be something that was bound to happen. Because his knee was going to get better, he's going to feel more comfortable. He could figure out what he had to do, and it showed. He played very good against the Wizards. I understand that they lost that game, but let's be serious. The reason why they lost that game was because of Jason Tatum, not because of Kemba Walker. Then he dropped 17 points against the Nuggets. 
thought he played a great game on both ends. Then he doesn't play against the Hawks. They lose. And then he plays against the Hawks and drops 28 points on Trey Young. Trey Young drops 31. Hates defending. Hates running around. He, he was the leading scorer for the team. But these type of games tonight cannot happen. But I do want people to know that Kemba Walker is playing better. So that's why he's the stud of the week. And the dud of the week. The dud of the week is all you fans that want Isaiah Thomas on this basketball team. Just because he's playing for Team USA Basketball. Okay? Let me break this down for you. Does Jeff Teague stink? Yes. Have the Celtics won 5 out of 6 whenever Jeff Teague doesn't play, or 6 out of 7, something like that? Yes. Do you like Peyton Pritchard? Yes. Do you want Peyton Pritchard to play? Yes. Do you want Isaiah Thomas on this team? No. What is Isaiah Thomas going to do? Seriously, in all honesty, what is Isaiah Thomas going to do on this team? If you love Peyton Pritchard and you're like, Brad Stevens, you should have played Peyton Pritchard instead of Kemba Walker knowing how poorly Kemba Walker shot the ball against the Pelicans. Okay. But, like, where is IT coming into this? You, like, you can't want all of this stuff. Because then the other thing is, is like, if you bring in, if you bring in Lonzo Ball, he's not going to play. Folks, Peyton Pritchard's barely playing right now. And Marcus Smart isn't even back yet. So what are you doing? Like, like what are you thinking about? Like, I cannot accept the Boston Celtics bench being the best bench full of cool stories. Because the Isaiah Thomas story is cool. He did so much for the city. He went through so much when he was here. He played so well when he was here. He didn't thank me for breakfast when he was here. All that stuff. And then you got Taco. You know, and I'm sorry to my buddy Brian. I jinxed it the other night when the Celtics were up like 20 and I was like, Taco's going to come in and then the Celtics sucked. So my apologies. But I'm not going to ha- I I don't want this team to be cool because Taco and Isaiah Thomas are on the team. It's going to drive me nuts. Like, Isaiah Thomas is playing for Team USA Basketball in the America Cup right now. But, like, Brandon Bass is on that team. Do we want Brandon Bass to come back? Because he's more of a need than anything. Joe Johnson, who's 40, who dominates the big three, that Ice Cube 3-on-3 league that he does, he is putting up better numbers than Isaiah Thomas. And guess what? Joe Johnson's a former member of the Boston Celtics. Why don't you want him back? Isaiah Thomas played well against the Bahamas. The Bahamas basketball team. That is like D2 Mighty Ducks when they're playing Team Jamaica. Of course they're going to win 9-1 to in the Junior Goodwill games. Of course Isaiah Thomas is going to play good against the Bahamas. Like, I don't understand the obsession with IT. He's not in the league for a reason. Jeff Teague is in the league. Isaiah Thomas is not. Like, just stop and think about it for five seconds, folks. Just because Isaiah Thomas beat the Bahamas and shot well against the Bahamas doesn't mean that he should be on this team. Like, get the good story out of your head. I want Kevin Garnett back. I want Eddie House back. I want James Posey back. I want Paul Pierce back. I want Doc Rivers to be the coach of this team. Wham, 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 wham. It's unbelievable. This is what it is. IT ain't coming back. Get it out of your heads. Jeff Teague sucked the other night. I get it. It's annoying watching him play. Okay, fine. But Isaiah Thomas playing well against the Bahamas and then playing eh, against Mexico isn't going to bring you your 18th championship. Like, get it out of your head. It was a good run. It's over. 
He's not the same player. He doesn't even drive to the hoop. He just stands around the three-point line. And trust me, this team cannot live or die by the three. Because all every single time they do, they die. Even Doris Burke said on the broadcast today, if the Celtics don't make more than 12 three-pointers, they've lost like nine games in a row. Or maybe now 10 after this Pelicans game. Get it out of your head. It's absolutely unbelievable. So those are your stud and dud of the weeks. The stud, Kemba Walker, minus, you know, with an asterisk. And the dud are Celtics fans that want the little guy to come back and think that he's going to be the same player. It's unbelievable. But I wanted to make this under a 40-minute uh, podcast. So I'm going to do my very best to do that because no guests this week. Hoping to have a guest next week. Hoping for someone from The Athletic, which is a great, uh, sp- you know, sports journalist website. Check it out if you don't or if you haven't before. But Celtics have four games this week. Tuesday, 7.30 in Dallas. Shout out to everyone in Texas going through it. I mean, they're not used to snow, just like people up here probably aren't used to 125-degree weather. Hope everyone's doing well. I have a couple friends down there. Hope you guys are doing well and staying safe. So Tuesday, 7.30 in Atlanta. Second night of a back-to-back in Atlanta at 7.30. So Tuesday, Mavs. Wednesday, Hawks. Friday, the Pacers at the Garden at 7.30. And then the Wizards again at the Garden at 7 p.m. on Sunday. So no matinee games. So that's good. So the Dallas game, you got to control Josh Richardson. They haven't played in a while because of all the delays that are going on and state of emergencies and postponements and, and all this crazy stuff. So the Mads haven't played in a while, so they could be very rusty. So in some weird Kanye West, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy way, that could be a good thing for the Boston Celtics for sure. The Hawks game, everything that you did Friday night, minus blowing the lead, do it again. Get Kemba involved, the ball movement, dominate the paint, dominate the boards, get up on Trey Young, make him defend, tire him out. Good things will come your way. Absolutely. The Pacers game, that should be interesting. Both teams are about 500. I think the Pacers are 15 and 14 right now as I'm recording this, and the and the uh, Celtics are 15 and 15 right now. Both teams are fighting for that four seed. This could be your playoff opponent. Peyton and Kemba have to D up Malcolm Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon is a Celtics killer. Every single time, they kill the Celtics. They don't have Carrius Levert. They don't have um, TJ Warren. Sorry, brain fart there, but they do have Miles Turner. Miles Turner is playing lights out on the defensive end. I would like to see Time Lord in there instead of Thompson. So, like, if the starting lineup to me against the Pacers game, I think should be Kemba, Jalen, Jason, Time Lord, Tice. Because I think Tice can defend Sabonis. I'm not like Sabonis is really good, but like, and he should probably be an All Star this year. But in in my opinion, I think that Tice can defend uh, either t- uh, Miles Turner. Oh my God, what a brain fart! <laughs> I think Tice can def- defend Turner or Sabonis. And I, to be honest with you, I think. Time Lord can defend both of them as well. Maybe not Sabonis because Sabonis is super physical in the paint. He's a very good passer, and he's very good with his feet, and I think Time Lord would bite on every single possible jump shot. But I I don't want to see a lot of Tristan Thompson in this game unless it's, like, really and truly needed. And to be honest with you, the Pacers haven't looked that great lately. I mean, they've lost, four, uh, what, five out of their last seven? I, they've lost to the Pelicans. They've lost to the Jazz. They've lost to the Nets. They've lost to the Pistons. They've lost to the Bulls. But they have beat the Timberwolves and the Hawks lately. So that will be very interesting. They're playing the Warriors, I think, on Tuesday or Wednesday this upcoming week. So 
it's going to be tough for the Celtics for sure. It's a good game. Miles Turner is doing a great job this year. So that's that. And then Sunday, 7 o'clock at the Garden against the Wizards. We all know Bradley Beal is going to go off. That's fine. Just make sure that no one else goes off and you, you win that game. They have some shooters on that team. They love to hustle. Make sure Rui Hachimori doesn't beat you. He's not that good. He's not that great. But if you can play a full 48 minutes and care enough to make some effort on defense, you can beat this Wizards team, even though they're one of the top-scoring leagues in the team. you just got to defend them, have some contested shots, and you can beat this team. You're a better team than them. Whether you hate Brad Stevens or not, you're a better team. But this week is going to make or break the Celtics, in my opinion, and this will probably put me over the 40-minute mark, and I'm sorry about that, but I wanted them to go 7-3 and three in these last games, maybe 8-2. and two. I don't think they're going to rip off 6 in a row, 6 or 7 in a row, whatever the case may be. But if they can go 7-3 and three in these last 10 games, right now they're 2-2. Two and two. If they can win 3 out of the 4 games this week and then split with the Raptors and the Clippers, which is the following week, and go into that saying, hey, we've won you know, 5 out of our last 7, 6 out of our last 8, whatever the case may be, I think that's going to be a good thing. Everyone can go home, separate from themselves, take a deep breath. Jalen can be an all-star. Jason can be an all-star. And by the way, folks, I'm telling you this right now, if Jalen Brown plays in that all-star game. I don't care if he gets selected. I don't care if it's in his hometown. I'm very happy for him. He deserves it, but he better not play in that all-star game with that tendonitis in that knee. He needs to take all the time off as possible. That's all I'll say about that. So big week coming up for the Celtics that could make or break Brad Stevens' career with the Celtics or this roster going forward. So keep an eye on it. Thanks so much for listening to episode 112 of the Banner Branch Podcast. I'm Timmy G., I really appreciate you guys listening. Hope everyone's staying safe. Hopefully everyone's practicing social distancing, wearing their mask, et cetera, et cetera. So we will talk real soon. We'll talk next Monday for episode 113, hopefully with an undefeated week or at least three out of the last four being victories. So fingers crossed. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk real soon. Toodles and noodles, X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.